Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. I guess it's that time again, Nick. It is. It's that time again to do the Sports Mix, your Thursday edition, brought to you in part by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremation, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, happy to have you with us. No Colin McLaughlin today. He's uh, went home to get some rest. We got a, a big next couple of days. We do. There's a lot going on, um, you know, this week. This week, yeah, you guys are making the trip up to Cutstown Saturday morning. I'll be back here in studio, but not only that, uh, tomorrow we'll have a double header of Shepherd men's and women's basketball. Yeah, that, that should be exciting. Uh, PSAC matchup against Gannon. So, you know, a quality opponent coming in to the Butcher Center for both teams. The PSAC and, opener. Yeah, and both teams uh, are having a lot of success early on this season. So I think that's exciting, and uh, you know, it should be you know, a good matchup between those two teams. One thing that you'll obviously be keeping an eye on a little bit while you're calling that that Shepherd Cutstown game is state championship, Triple A state championship, same time. Yeah, I mean you got to pay attention to that, right? I mean two, one Martinsburg uh, being involved, but two great teams going at it on Saturday from Wheeling Island State, and uh, for both teams, for Shepherd and for the Bulldogs, you got two Bajans starting at quarterback. So, I don't even know how you begin to do that. As if you if you were Travis Page and I don't, and the whole Page family, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I guess because our game is broadcasted on TV, maybe they're making the trip to Wheeling and then pull it up on the cell phone. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's an option. <laughs> uh, maybe you send one parent one way or one the other, but that's definitely a tough decision. That is a tough decision. Would not want to be in that scenario. Yeah, no, but uh, well, in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, you do, but you don't <laughs> yeah. at the same time. That's really, that's what it is. You uh, want to be there, or you don't want to be there. That are that are playing for some big uh, games this week. So, you know, there's excitement in in basketball this week, but obviously the football games I think are are the big matchups that we're looking forward to. And you know, it's Thursday; it's gone by pretty quick this week. Yeah, and uh, you know, getting ready for that. So. Um, you know, that should be a good weekend in terms of local teams going at it this week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, tomorrow we'll talk with uh, Huntington play-by-play broadcaster Andrew Rogers. Like us, won't be able to call the game in Wheeling, but obviously a guy that's called the games all season, he knows that team. Yeah, and, you know, I think it would be fun to talk to Andrew just kind of about the game and about the matchup overall we can kind of give our perspective from martinsburg and then get his perspective on huntington and we've had him on was it is this would be the fourth time in the last four weeks yeah i think so so we've had him on every round of the playoffs yeah. and earlier in the season but we've well. never talked to him about this matchup because it hasn't happened until right now. yeah we've we've talked a lot about you know what the highlanders are doing kind of on the other side of the bracket but we haven't really talked about how they could match up with Martinsburg. And I think it will be more of like a discussion than like us asking him questions necessarily because we kind of already know a little bit about like what Huntington's done so far and what they need to do this week, I think will be kind of 
like it'll be more like a debate i feel like yeah it'll be more, it'll like be a more of a, a discussion than us asking him questions like we have all, all the whole time it'll be like it'll be like he's pretty much like another member of the sports mix for the way. time that he's on the show yeah so that'll be, be a fun, fun one tomorrow uh fun show as always we'll be back to an hour though our normal time slot for a friday and normal time slot for the whole week uh with no broadcast for football coming on uh so we'll have that and then uh tomorrow night tv 10 a 5 p.m pregame show again as women's shepherd women's basketball faces gannon at 5 30 p.m so we'll have the 5 p.m pregame show and then we'll have that game from 5 30 to 6 45 ish maybe i don't know but the men's game is supposed to start at 7 30 yeah so. so i'm presuming we'll be on the air the whole time yeah, we'll probably take like it would kind of be like a volleyball broadcast, yeah. I would think. Um, you know, I don't know how long. I think they probably warm up for about thirty minutes, so that all we may take a quick like up. four or five minute break, switch streams. Right. Yeah, that's a possibility, or we could keep it all as one. But I think it would make more sense to maybe make it two. Yeah, because they're two separate games and t- two separate teams. Yeah, so, so we'll figure that out. I haven't fully figured out the format yet. That's my job to do today. There you go. Uh, but definitely a big day of sports news. We'll kind of just preview it. We'll talk about this whole show. Uh, big news coming out of the MLB last night. Lockout. First lockout since 1990. We'll get into that later on the sports mix. Uh, a couple teams make big signings before the lockout. The Red Sox uh, ship Renfro to the Brewers. Get back uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. And two prospects. I believe Jackie Bradley Jr. was on the Red Sox at one point. Yeah, he was. He, st- I think he started his career there, or at least he played a, a big majority of his career there and obviously known for his defense. So Renfro, more known for his bat. They get rid of They trade offense for defense essentially there. But I think it's an intriguing move by Wa- – or not Washington, by Boston <laughs> uh, to get – you know, a, a guy that's that's been a part of their successful teams and obviously brings a lot on the defensive side of the diamond. Yeah, definitely. And a little, some other news tonight, Thursday Night Football, Saints versus Cowboys. Tyreek Hill getting the start at quarterback. Uh, Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill. <laughs> Tyreek Hill? I don't know why I said Tyreek. Because Tyreek Hill's on my fantasy team. Yeah, Alvin Kamara's going to be Alvin Kamara's out. Uh, but Tyce... Taysom, Taysom Hill. There you go. I, I got too many Ty, Tyson, Tyreek, everything's in my head right call now. Hill. Hill get to get the start at quarterback for the Saints. And he, I think we mentioned on the show last week, he signed a contract extension. A yeah. very interesting was it contract. A renegotiation or? I don't really understand it because he had signed in. Because he just signed in the offseason. They gave him like a ton of money. I think they reason. may have like rechanged the deal based upon if he's able to play quarterback. Right. I think that was a big part of this new renegotiation extension. They may have added an extra year. Um, but part of in that extension, there, a lot of the uh, language has to do with him being a quarterback. Yeah, so he gets a chance to prove himself tonight. Obviously, the Saints have missed Jameis Winston uh, having to go to Trevor Simeon, and he just hasn't been you know, very consistent for them. So the Saints have a ton of injuries. They're beat up on the O-line. They're beat up with Kamara. So they're shorthanded again tonight against Dallas. But Dallas getting Amari Cooper back at wide receiver. So that should help them a little bit. Um, but I think it's a, it could be a good game. 
if Taysom Hill's able to execute the offense, but obviously without their O-line, I don't yeah. know how well he'll play because he's a run-first quarterback and they're going to have to rely on their You're running. giving out our whole segment. This is going to be part of our later segment. Oh, I, I was, thought we were doing it now. I was previewing now. what we're talking about on the show, <laughs> and then it was going to hit a break, Nick. Uh, yeah. Miscommunication. Yeah. My bad. It's not usually how we do the show, just trying to you know throw a curveball at you. Yeah, well, I can't handle the curveball. That's why I play <laughs> baseball. We'll talk about that. We'll talk uh, the Wizards. They got back in the win column last night, and uh, – That'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix. When we come back, we'll talk more Shepherd, uh, some Shepherd act or some accolades to some Shepherd student athletes. Uh, that and more coming up next on the sports mix segment, sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back with more of the sports mix next. Ain't got a dog that lives outside. Ain't got a buddy named Buddy. Yeah, I ain't hating on them boys. Grew up locking their doors. There's all kinds of boys up under the sun, son, but this one's for with four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Remember that last trip to the auto mechanic? I also think your solenoid gasket is bad. What? Yep, that'll be another $500. Forget that and go to DNN Auto Specialist at 230 Tavern Road, Martinsburg, where honesty is their best policy. Serving the Eastern Panhandle since 1974, DNN Auto is family owned and operated, specializing in exhaust alignments and tires. From general maintenance to major overhauls, they'll treat you right. Call DNN Auto Specialist at 304 267 4078. Let's go! Drink some beers! Located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Remember when you were a little kid and saw your first deer? Oh, how cute. As an adult, maybe you've had a different experience. Where'd that come from? Bambi mess up your dream machine? Call Cody's Auto Body today at 304-901-4777 and get the work done right the first time. Cody's Auto Body, 851 Wilson Street in Martinsburg, has a team of auto body professionals with a lifetime of experience putting your ride back together again, regardless of how it got that way. Cody's Auto Body. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer Fuenik Verzellini, happy to have you with us on this December 2nd. It's a Thursday. Uh, talk some more Shepard. There's a lot of recognition that came out today and yesterday. Um, 
Six Ram football players gain all Super Region 1 honors. Uh, not a shocker here. Paget named Offensive Player of the Year for Super Region 1. The only thing I'm shocked about here is it reads as this. Six members of the Shepherd Rams football team have been named to the 2021 D2 CCA All Super Region 1 team. Or All Super Region 1 team. Junior quarterback Tyson Bajant, who was named Offensive Player of the Year, was the only first team selection. How is is Tyson Bajant the only first team selection? How do you not give Ryan Beach first team selection? How do you not give Josh Gonteric first team selection? Or even second team for him. But how do you not give Ryan Beach first team? How do you not give Ponce de Leon first team? Chris Lane first team? Eric Ostro first team? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's an argument for first team for a few of those guys. I would say Chris Lane should be on the first team because he's kind of been, you know, just really good all year. Um, but I think, too, when you're considering probably whoever's voting on this, obviously, you know, they might not want to vote for Shepherd players or whatever because, you know, they want to support their guys and Shepherd people that are voting are going to vote for the Shepherd people, so... Well, it's interesting. It's pretty spread out. Now that I look at the first team offense, it's pretty spread out. You have Bajant from Shepard, a Charleston running back, Franklin Pierce running back, New Haven offensive lineman, Finley offensive lineman, Notre Dame offensive lineman, Slippery Rock offensive lineman, excuse me, Cutstown offensive lineman, Finley tight end, Slippery Rock wide receiver. So you, you got two guys from Finley, two guys from uh Slippery Rock on there, and that's the only double or more. Only two teams have more than one player. Uh, defensively, Frostburg State, Bentley, Slippery Rock, Ohio, Dominican, Notre Dame, Ashland, Bentley, uh, Cal, PA, uh, Kentucky, Wesleyan, Notre Dame, Stonehill. So, again, not a lot of repeats there. Yeah, I mean, it's the entire region. You know, it's not like it's just the conference. Yeah. So, it, it makes some sense that there would be a lot of diversity in terms of teams represented and uh you know maybe not some shepherd player maybe not a ton of shepherd players on the first team but overall to have that many players on the first and second team i think says how good uh you know shepherd is as a team and you know those guys probably don't care that much whether they're first or second team in terms of like like it doesn't mean that much yeah in terms of on the field production and obviously you want to be named first team but uh, you know, they're playing for a championship. So, um, you, know, I, you know, congratulations to them. I think it, it says how good of a team Shepard is to have that many guys on the two teams, and you're talking about an entire region. Well, I guess I don't I, – I guess I never specifically stated who was on the second team. So second team is Ryan Beach, Joey Fisher, offensive lineman, uh, junior offensive lineman. Then you have Eric Oster, the graduate offensive lineman, senior linebacker Chris Lane, and graduate safety Ponce de Leon. So – I kind of mentioned some of them, but I never mentioned Which the actual list of who was on the second team. Yeah, and I think that's you know a pretty good list. I don't know if anybody got snubbed in terms of not being on first or second team. I thought for PSAC team, I was surprised Kyle Smith wasn't on there, um, but I could maybe see him not being on an all-region team. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anybody that I really feel like should. Maybe Gontarek. I feel like Gontarek yeah. you can make an argument for. But again, I haven't seen every single player. That's true in the region, so it's hard to uh, very make true. that argument. Definitely very true. And uh, 
Chris Lane, yeah, that's. I think that's definitely a snub, especially because you know he came back this year. Yeah, and, and he's, he's played. He performed admirably this year. Yeah, he's fought through some injuries. He's been you know really good all year. Um, so I, I would say he probably. I, I would have thought he would be on the first team, but um, to still make the second team with everything he's kind of fought through, I think it shows that he's you know obviously one of the top players in the nation. Yeah, definitely. And let's move over to volleyball. The uh, Atlantic Region team was named yesterday. A pair of uh, volleyball players garnered honors. Uh, senior middle hitter Georgia Omeki and junior outside hitter Michaela Hoy. They were named to the 2021 Division II Conference Commissioners Association All-Atlantic Region team. Omeki gained first team honors. Hoy was a second team selection. Omeki led the Rams and the PSAC in blocks. She topped the NCAA Division II in blocks with 1.56 per set and helped Shepard rank first in blocks with 3.05 per set. She added 149 kills, 62 digs, 4 assists, and 1 ace. Hoy paced the Rams in kills with 300. She ranked second in digs with 341. She is third on the team in assists with 22 and and with aces at 21. Uh, so obviously Shepard Rams volleyball uh, doing some good things this year. And they're actually in action right now in the uh, Atlantic Regional. They're at Wheeling University as they're hosting the Atlantic region, and they are down 18-17 to 17 in the first set to West Virginia State. Well, hopefully they can uh, you know, pull that one out. 19-17. to 17. I'm, I'm looking at the live stat here. <laughs> um, you know, they've had a great season, so you'd like to see them continue that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I knew that that was today, but I totally forgot it was today. <laughs> it just kind of like slipped my mind because I hadn't gotten a reminder, uh, you know, a media release reminder that it was today. Uh, but they finished the regular season 24-4, and 12-2 in the conference. And, uh, you know, that's weird. It says 24-4 and four overall. Oh, they must have had some. They're six and two on neutral site. Never mind. I was like, they went seven and one at home and eleven and one on the road, and then I was like, wait, where are those other two losses? Because they were neutral. They went six and two, uh, but the Atlantic Regional being held this week at Wheeling University in Wheeling, West Virginia. Um, I don't I have don't have a look at the bracket, uh, but Shepherd Volleyball definitely doing some great things, and they get uh, get a great addition next year in. Uh, Muscleman volleyball player Carolyn Ship Caroline Shipley. So they're probably just going to continue to be as dominant as they are right now. Only going to lose uh what is it, three players, I believe. Yeah, three seniors. Omeki, uh Brooke Dunn, Alex Farnor Farnsworth. Um so they're looking to come back next year even better than this year. I mean with uh with Michaela Hoy only being a junior and her being in the second team all Atlantic region, that bodes well for them next year, especially losing Omeki. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, they they're in a area where volleyball's pretty strong. You know, not just the teams here in the EPAC, but some teams in the Maryland area as well are, you know, pretty good. So um you can definitely, you know, get some good recruits in into that program and help uh them continue to grow as a team. So uh, you know, good to see that they continue to play well. And like I said, hopefully they can come away with that region championship and just keep fighting. 
Yeah, definitely. Let's turn our attention to other things in division or in college football and college sports. Uh, a lot going on. The coaching carousel we've mentioned over the last couple of days. Um, it, it looks like Notre Dame is gonna, going to name uh, Marcus Freeman their next head football coach. I believe Freeman is uh, he's on the staff right now. Um, no deal has been finalized and several steps remain before Freeman can be formally announced as head coach. Uh, but he just complete, he's completing his first season as Notre Dame's defensive coordinator. Uh, so hiring within could be a good thing when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to keep a team where they are uh, after a shocking exit. Yeah, you should be able to keep a lot of the recruits that you already have on the team to stick, stick around uh, and also – be able to keep you know some of those guys that are committed as well with keeping coach freeman as your head coach and you can maintain a lot of your staff so in terms of you know maintaining that level of success there's the foundation that if you hire a coach that's already on coach kelly's staff from the past there's already that foundation then that of winning and how to win and stuff like that so it's been kind of a weird situation there. I uh, didn't really expect it. And what's funny, too, I saw this on Twitter. I think it was like uh, somebody had laid out the scenario, like what if Notre Dame makes the playoff and then wins the national championship? Does Brian Kelly get a ring? <laughs> <laughs> and how ironic, I guess, would that be if Notre Dame were to win the national championship without Coach Kelly and he kind of left because I guess he doesn't believe he can win a national championship there? Well, I mean, in his defense, it is kind of hard when you don't have a conference affiliation. To I be mean, able to get there every year. There's some things that limit Notre Dame in terms of recruiting. I think, one, their value on education might limit them in some ways. Um, you know, not playing in a conference could, but they still play really good opponents, so I feel like, and you're on national TV every week. So I feel like that doesn't matter that much. Um, but I think, Again, I I would find it funny, and and they're trying to re- retain uh, Tommy Reese too as offensive coordinator. Yeah. He used to be their quarterback, um, considered one of the better young he, coaches in college football. So it says here, Freeman on Wednesday night met with Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick. According to sources, Swarbrick also met with offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. Is how you say Reese? Yeah, Reese. Reese, who Wednesday night announced to the team that he would remain for the 2022 season. So he's back no matter what. Several Notre Dame staff members and players expect Freeman to be the team's next head coach. Freeman played linebacker at Ohio State, was an assistant with Kent State and Purdue before joining Luke Fickle's staff at Cincinnati as a D coordinator. Fickle, though, is also a top candidate for that head coaching position. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I but knew does, I that, knew the does that mean that Freeman stays D coordinator if they're going to hire Fickle as the head coach? That's always a tough situation, right? I mean, yeah, we saw that at Marshall. Yeah, I mean, Brad happened. Lambert having a lot of interest in the job and then ultimately getting passed up for Charles Huff, but he doesn't have that relation with Huff like Freeman has with Coach Fickle. Yeah, I think that's a different relationship there. Uh, but that should be something interesting to follow. Uh, expected. I'm assuming expected to come out here in the next couple of days. Uh, a lot of teams are hiring coaches early, it feels like. Yeah, definitely. It seems to be a little bit quicker. Not so much that coaches are getting fired or leaving, because typically around bowl season is when you see a coach leave. But uh, in terms of making those quick decisions to hire their next head coach, it's been you know 
before the bowl games even played, which I feel like is a little bit earlier than normal. Yeah, definitely. And uh, bowl predictions. Uh, bowls will be formally announced, I believe, Sunday. Yes. Sunday they'll be formally announced. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of things go into that, and I think it's expected one eligible team will be without a bowl in 2021 because there's a couple extra. There's a couple fringe teams that made it. And uh, I don't I don't know if we've talked about this on the show or not. I think we have, but I know I've discussed it with you and Colin off the air about West Virginia's eligibility for a bowl. Yeah. Because they beat Long the Island University, which isn't officially an FBS program. Right. So I don't know if they'll be left out of a bowl. I think them playing in a bowl would be intriguing to some. Yeah, I don't really know how they decide on, like, if – certain teams get the bowl and others don't i don't know what goes into that process um but like i said on the show you know i don't know if a bowl game is really that important for wvu i mean it's an extra chance to get a winning record so there's that um but you know I, i don't know how much interest that they would have i think that might play somewhat of a factor but i think that in terms of if it has to do with like who's going to draw TV interest, uh, West Virginia would draw more than like let's say Middle Tennessee State or something like that because I think they're right on the edge or somebody in Conference USA might be. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, you talked about Notre Dame potentially being there. Uh, CBS Sports uh, Jeff Palm has them as the sixth team, Alabama as the fifth right. team, but obviously uh, Alabama plays Georgia for the conference championship on Saturday. Yeah, so, so that that's going to be a huge thing. But bold predictions, uh, I'm assuming it's all from him. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey or Jerry Palm predicted. Uh, so the New Year's Six Bowls, uh, his prediction has Alabama versus Baylor for the uh, Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, Ohio State versus Oregon, Fiesta Bowl, Michigan State versus Notre Dame, uh, Peach Bowl, Mississippi versus Pittsburgh, Um Let's see, go down his, uh, looking at other teams that are potentially in there. Uh, Bahamas Bowl, that's been confirmed, I believe, Middle Tennessee at Toledo. Uh, Florida versus App State at the Cure Bowl. Uh, Boca Raton Bowl, according to him, has Western Michigan versus Marshall. Um, where's Do I see West Virginia in here? I don't know that I see West Virginia in here. Oh, yeah. They'll have the guaranteed rate bowl against Purdue, according to him. That's set for December 28th. So it's kind of interesting how how uh, every team is kind of looked at in here and how different people predict different things. I think it's always interesting to go look at all the different ones. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's the bowl tie-ins that uh, you know help lead to those decisions as well. So, like... Pac-12 and Big Ten are always tied in for the Rose Bowl if it's not a part of the playoff, stuff like that. I think it'd be cool to see – well, I guess it changed. I didn't realize it changed. So uh, the Gasparilla Bowl changed. Gasparilla Bowl used to be a Conference USA game. It's no longer a Conference Versus an American Athletic Conference, AAC. It's ACC slash SEC versus pool. So they have North Carolina versus Western Kentucky in the Gasparilla Bowl. Kind of interesting just to look at all this stuff. Uh, not not really any other kind of matchups that anybody here would care about. I guess Louisville versus Maryland would be in the pinstripe bowl. That's at 
Yankee Stadium, right? I think so, yeah. Clemson versus Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma versus Utah Alamo Bowl. Virginia versus South Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I think that's one of the funniest names uh, sponsorship-wise in uh, in college football bowls. Uh, not really kind of, as I just mentioned, not really in many other teams that people would, would really follow around here, but uh, seems like a lot of uh, a lot of potentially cool matchups to see in the yeah. bowl season. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's always – I think the New Year's games have some intrigue no matter what. Obviously, the playoff games. Um, but outside of that, I don't really get too excited about. You're not getting. You're not getting excited about Middle Tennessee versus Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl no, in two I'm, weeks from tomorrow. I'm not turning that on, <laughs> um, unless there's literally nothing else on television. Well, or... it's Friday at noon, so we'll be uh, we'll be a little busy December seventeenth. Look, we could have it on the TV in here. Yeah, maybe we'll give, talk about a it a little, little bit. Live breakdown of the Blue Raiders offense. Yeah, uh, before we hit break here, uh, a little update here on uh, the uh, Shepherd volleyball game match versus West Virginia State. West Virginia t- State took the first set 25-22. to 22. Uh, It's currently tied in set two at two apiece. Uh, I'll try to keep you updated on that as we go down the show. We've reached the uh, second break of the day. The segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor, lim- outdoor living. It's family-owned and operated, located at 360 Cack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. We come back, we'll talk MLB. A lockout ensued this morning at midnight after the labor deal expired. That's next on the Sports Mix. One left, you're right. Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251, 360 Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. This is Ben Copenhaver, your local alarm professional at Dynamark Atlantic Security. Did you know that home break-ins are 6% more likely during the day? That's right. The bad guys know when you're away, and they are smarter than you think. Dynamark Atlantic Security has the security solutions for you. Don't commit the error when the game is on the line. Phone me today at 304-671-2158 to learn how to play good defense against the bad guys. Dynamark Atlantic Security. Call today at 304-671-2158. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. It's NCAA Division II football on TV 10 as the Shepard University Rams play in the quarterfinals against the Kutztown Golden Bears. 
Cuts it over the middle. There goes Josh Gontarek across the 40, across midfield. Gontarek outruns the punter. Gontarek's got room and blockers in front. He cuts back at the 10 and into the end zone. Join us this Saturday, December 4th, from Andre Reed Stadium as Shepard seeks redemption against Kutztown. Kickoff is scheduled for noon with pregame coverage beginning at 1130 right here on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Thursday, December 2nd edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer Bui, Nick Verzellini, happy to have you with us. As uh, last night at midnight, officially uh, entered the MLB officially entered a lockout for the first time since 1990. I feel like that's the longest among sports, big sports. Because you had the NFL, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, like 2009, maybe. I don't know. 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. Then you had the NHL in like 2012, 13, maybe. Uh, Has the NBA been in the lockout? Yeah, they had one in like 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like the biggest one was that NFL one. Yeah. And then uh, I just feel like that was the most momentous one. Like that meant the most to everybody. But... Uh, the MLB commissioner released a statement last night. Um, Didn't the MLB kind of have one during COVID, right? Yeah, no, but it wasn't, but it was because it was not, I wouldn't call it a lockout. They just wanted to make sure they had all the knowledge. Yeah. I mean, and they didn't want to come back too quickly because they were kind of like the first. But then they had issues getting a CBA for the season. Yeah, because then so the players I'm were like, I don't want to play if I could get COVID kind of thing. Yeah, and then they wanted to cut back salaries and stuff like that. So I would kind of consider that a lockout. I don't consider it a lockout only because the only reason they stopped was because of COVID. Unless you want to call it a COVID lockout. Yeah, let's call it that. Let's call it that. All right, the MLB commissioner released a lengthy statement just after midnight last night. Uh, He said, first, I want to thank all... Thank you for all your continued support of the great game of baseball. This past season, we were reminded of how the national pastime can bring us together and restore our hope despite the difficult challenges of a global pandemic. As we began to emerge from one of the darkest periods in our history, our our ballparks were filled with fans, the games were filled with excitement, and millions of families felt the joy of watching baseball together. That is why I'm disappointed about the situation in which our game finds itself today. Despite the league's best effort to make a deal, With the Players Association, we were unable to extend our 26-year-long history of labor peace and come to an agreement with the MLBPA before the current CBA expired. Therefore, we have been forced to commence a lockout of Major League players effective at 12.01 a.m. on December 2nd. I want to explain to you how we got here and why we have to make this action today. Simply put, we believe that an off-season lockout is the best mechanism to protect the 2022 season. We hope that the lockout will jumpstart the negotiations and get us to an agreement that will allow the season to start on time. This defen- this defensive lockout was necessarily necessary because the Players Association's vision for Major League Baseball would threaten the ability of most teams to be competitive. It's simply not a viable option. From the beginning, the MLBPA has been unwilling to move from their starting position, compromise, or collaborate on a solution. 
when we began negotiating negotiations over a new agreement, the Players Association already had a contract that they wouldn't trade for any other in sports. Baseball players have no salary cap and are not subject to a maximum length or dollar amount on contracts. In fact, only M- the only only MLB has guaranteed contracts that run 10 or more years and in excess of 300 million. We have not pro- we have not proposed anything that would change these fundamentals. While we have heard repeatedly that free agency is quote broken, and in, in the month of November, 1.7 billion was committed to free agents, smashing the previ- prior record by nearly four times. By the end of the offseason, clubs will have committed more money to players than in any other offseason in MLB history. It continues to go on, but I feel like that's the main point of the letter. Yeah, and from what I uh, kind of took away from what I've read about this so far and stuff like that, essentially, you know, players want opportunities to become free agents at a younger age because of you know arbitration and all that that kind of avoids that for a lot of teams so i understand the player's side of it to an extent because they kind of uh lose money based on how the current arbitration system works and everything like that but from the team's perspective you know it allows teams to be competitive with the players they drafted and players not just leaving to sign the next biggest deal um but like the commissioner, you know, points out, uh, you know, those top players are still going to get paid and still going to get probably the most money in sports. So it, it it's definitely, you know, a, a situation where there is some debate on both sides, I think. Um, but, you know, I'm not really going to pick a side because I don't know all the numbers and all that. Um, but I feel like baseball has issues anyway in terms of salary cap not being a thing and everything like that, but there's no way that the players would ever agree to a salary cap. So they've already kind of digged themselves in this hole. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know. Uh, one thing that I would say is at the very end of what I uh, read from Manfred in the letter, then the month of November, 1.7 billion was committed to free agents. Uh, a lot of free agents signed in the last three or four days because of the lockout potentially happening. Yes, but also those guys are getting way more money. And I think a lot of that has to do with this free agent class being considered pretty good. I mean, you have Seager, you have Max Scherzer uh, as two of the bigger names, but there's, you know, just a ton of really good players that have signed as free agents, Marcus Simeon. Um, So those guys all got like a ton of money, especially, you know, Scherzer getting the money he got at his age seemed to me a little bit too much, but uh, you know, Seager getting the big 10-year deal. Simeon got a big deal. I mean, so those are some of the best players in baseball getting big contracts. So I think that helps to kind of solidify not only the deadline coming up, but I think also helping this being such a big uh, free agent year. I think the deadline made teams more aggressive because they knew they didn't have that much time and it also made players probably want to sign a deal so then they get their contract done. Uh, before the lockout happens. Um, so I, I I see what you're saying in terms of uh, the lockout maybe pressuring those players, but I also think that um, just the talent overall really helped move the contracts forward. Yeah, definitely. One thing that, that you look at is I didn't realize this until I was uh, watching a little bit of uh, the post-lockout show last night on uh, – 
on MLB Network. I watched a little bit. And for a team that you, you don't know how long this extends, but the Mets don't have a manager or coaching staff. So what if this extends until the start of the season? I don't think you can. I don't know if you can hire a manager during a lockout. I don't know. I, but either way, it would still. Or even if you do, that manager can't get close to any of the players, can't know anything about any of the players because you can't talk to the well, players. Well, I mean, they'd still have to go through a spring training and all that. Yeah. And all season workouts. So it would just delay the start of the season. Essentially, it'd end up being. Uh, you know, shortened years. So I don't think it would matter too much. They'd probably be able to get a coach in and they or manager and coaches in in time to have it all figured out. So yeah, definitely. That's just something that I. It is interesting that, that they go in without one, though. Yeah, because uh, I mean, they just hired a new general manager a few weeks ago. That general manager got that big contract done with Scherzer, and you were reading some of the uh, random things in that contract yesterday either before or after the show something about he got four premium tickets to every game or something yeah four premium tickets to every home game or every yeah every home game and then come playoffs he gets there he has to buy the tickets i think and then like it's like two hundred thousand bonus if they win the world series or i don't even know it was like a lot of bonuses so he's he's getting paid mvp cy young stuff like that I mean, that's crazy, though. How much he's getting paid at well, 37, I think, now? Yeah. That's just a, a crazy amount of money that I would never have thought of come for somebody that's that old. Even though even though I know how good he is, you just can't... I don't know how much longer he'll be that good. Yeah, I mean... Because you see some... I don't necessarily know they're the best players. I can't remember. the uh, What's the guy's name that played for the Mets? Bartolo Colon. He played until the mid-40s, but he wasn't at the top of his game. He wasn't, you know, a Cy Young winning pitcher. No, but I never think he was as good as Scherzer. So. Yeah. I mean, he was I mean, a good I'll, pitcher at one time, yeah. but not, you know, the quality that Max Scherzer is. So I think, too, the Mets might be going all in on this big contract for Scherzer. And let's just say he's only good for, like, one more year, and then he drops off. I mean, having Scherzer to Grom at the top of your rotation, if the Grom can stay healthy, that might be worth it to spend a ton of money. I don't know. Uh, the Mets also lost Baez, though, so they're going to have to get some bats, too. To yeah, definitely. With that pitching staff. I think that'll be some intriguing storylines. If there is a season. If there is a season. I was going to say when and if there's a season. This segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. If you don't like it, well, they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. When we come back, we'll talk a little Washington Wizards, some Thursday night football as we wrap up the show next on the Sports Mix. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? 
Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg has a brand new list of daily specials. Monday, stop on in for burger night or enjoy a nice juicy steak every Tuesday and Wednesday. The Palace Lounge also offers freshly steamed shrimp Thursdays and chef specials every Friday and Saturday. Sunday is all-day breakfast and there are drink specials daily too. So come enjoy the Palace Lounge. You can find them on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. We're now accepting new patients at all four convenient locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, and Winchester. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. back to this final segment of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 TV 10 on Comcast Channel 10 in Berkeley and Jefferson counties and streaming live on Facebook on the TV 10 Facebook page. Uh, Washington. Uh, before we get into that, the segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Washington Wizards finally got back in the win column after a, getting home after a four-game road trip. They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 115-107 to last night in Capital One Arena in D.C. Wizards are now 14-8 on the season. They were trailing by four, 57-53 at half. Montrez Harrell and Davis Bartons provided the spark off the bench. The Wizards needed to flip the game. 27 points for Harrell, 11-12 of 12 shooting. He had 10 dunks last night, too. Uh, Davis Bartons had 15 points, 5 of 6 shooting. The Wizards bench outscored Minnesota's 56-29. to 29. Uh, They also outscored the Timberwolves 68-44 to 44 in the paint. Uh, for the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns had 34 points and 10 rebounds. Wizards will host the Cavs on Friday. Yeah, Harold's been you know, great this season for Washington. off the bench too. You look at you look at the numbers and you think he's a starter. Yeah, I mean he always comes off the bench. That's kind of been his role yeah. in his career. He's been one of the best six men in the league. But he's averaging 16 points for the Wizards, eight rebounds, and he's an undersized center too. So I think you know having him and he's just a, an energy guy. When he comes into the ball game, he's, you know, he gets a little bit physical. You got to like a guy like Montrez Harrell. So he helps this team a lot. Davis Bertans uh, having a nice night shooting the basketball, which is nice to see since they pay him all that money. Um, you know, I, I don't like Bertans, <laughs> but it, it is what it is. 
uh, just because I feel like he settles for some bad shots, and I feel like they overpaid him. But, um, you know, he, he's decent, I guess. And then the rest of the team didn't really play great in terms of field goal percentage, but they found a way to win, which is the most important thing. Uh, they struggled to defend Anthony Towns, uh, 34 points for Carl in that game, but they did a good job on uh, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards had a nice game for Minnesota as well. But uh, get back in that win column, first game of December, and see if they can kind of build a little bit of a winning streak here. They had some tough losses and, and just some close games to some bad basketball teams. Um they're toward the end of November, so if they can pick it back up here to start December, uh, they'll be all right. Turn my mic off for a second. I forgot to turn it back on. Uh, definitely, they're now sitting at second in the Eastern Conference, 14-8, and eight, behind the Nets at 15-6. and six. They're tied. I, well, I think they have the uh, tiebreaker, I guess, because they don't list them as tied on here. The Bulls at three, the Bucks at four, the Heat at five, the Cavs at six, seven is the Hawks, Celtics at eight. Uh, Hornets at 9 and Knicks at 10. Uh, the Wizards, as I said, play the Cavs tomorrow night at Capital One Arena. We'll have that game 645 pregame at 7, just after 7 for the tip. Uh, should be a good game, but the Wizards definitely uh, kind of want to put that end of that last couple weeks kind of behind them here in December. Yeah, it wasn't like a terrible stretch for Washington. Well, they, they started 10 and 3. Wins. They started ten and three, and now they're fourteen and eight. Yeah, I mean, but so they're going to have those. They're moments. four and five over the last nine games in an NBA season. It's a long season, and you got to remember too: this team still isn't one hundred percent healthy. No, they but they also they also really like playing at home compared to the road. They're eight and two at home, six Everybody and six on the road. At home. I mean, you don't have to leave. <laughs> yeah, but well, uh, I don't know. The Hawks are four and eight at home and eight and two on the road. Well, there you go. <laughs> they don't have a good crowd, I guess, in Atlanta these days. I guess um, not. But they still don't have Thomas Bryant. They still don't have Rui Hachimura. And, and I thought Rui was coming back. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. I thought he was... Did I, he get I, hurt? I don't know. I thought he was... <laughs> I haven't been, you know... Well, apparently last night he was on the bench for the first time this season. So that, that, I guess, is good, right? Yeah, it means he's working his way back, but he has yet to play in a game. So, uh, you know, they got to get healthy there with Rui and like I said if they get Bryant back too I mean that's good another big guy for them another piece uh for them off the bench so I think they'll continue to be a pretty solid team all year yeah definitely uh so again we'll have that game tomorrow 6 45 pregame show uh 7 p.m tip off right here on talk radio WRNR uh we've got a little bit of time left let's talk Saints and Cowboys tonight, the Thursday night football. Cowboys seven and four at the Saints five and six on the season, but the Saints not, or the Cowboys, excuse me, they're going to be without a bunch of coaches and some players. Yeah, I already kind of gave my take, Spencer. So yeah. I'll let you uh, kind of give your opinion on it before we get out of here. I mean, obviously, a big game tonight. Yeah, it'll definitely be a big game tonight. But I think I think Taysom Hill's got what it's got it takes. Uh, when you don't have your head coach, I don't know if they're if he's going to be able to like zoom in and have. I don't think that's allowed. I don't know if that's allowed. I know you're not allowed to have a cell phone on the sidelines. So. I'm talking about like he could be have some communication stuff to up I don't in the think booth. So. I don't know. That'd be interesting to see uh, if that's possible or not. But the Saints, uh, 
they're kind of right there in the wild card mix right now as well, sitting at uh, five and six, exactly uh, like the the Washington football team, five and six. But if the Cowboys lose tonight, they're seven and five. Uh, could be good for the Washington football team. So who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for the Saints. All I right. can never root for the You're Cowboys. You're going for the division. I could never root for the Cowboys. All right, that Fair does enough. it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Dewey saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon.